You're listening to the Skylight Books Podcast. We're an independent, general interest bookstore putting great reads in the hands of people in the Los Feliz neighborhood of Los Angeles. Hosted by resident Skylighters, we're here to bring you new and exciting author conversations, group reads, and bookseller chats. Happy listening. Hello, lovely listeners, and welcome back to the Skylight Books Podcast. I'm your host, Natalie, and today we are so excited to welcome Lucy Yu, owner of You and Me Books, for a very special hand sell episode. You and Me Books is located in Chinatown, Manhattan, New York, and is a bookstore that showcases immigrant stories and creates a home for the community. Thank you so much for being here, Lucy. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Well, do you want to start by uh, giving us a little bit of background on um, yourself and the store, uh, just to yeah. kind of kick us off? Absolutely. Uh, well, my name is Lucy Yu. I am the owner of You and Me Books. It is the first female Asian American owned bookstore slash bar slash cafe um, in New York City. So I'm super excited uh, to be the first there. Um, I was a former, former chemical engineer and former supply chain manager turned bookstore owner. So, um, I'm just really excited to be following my dreams and opening up the store. Amazing. That is, oh my gosh, I can't wait to get into that. Um, (laughs) oh my gosh, (laughs) before, before we like get into the, the here and now of the store, I wanted to, I wanted you to take me all the way back, I wanted to know what is your first memory of books, either like realizing what a book was, like holding a book, reading a book, um, like what is one of your first memories of books? I remember, honestly, I remember reading the dictionary. (laughs) I had this like (laughs) dream that I would like know every single word in the English language. I'd be like, oh, like, I'd be so literate by the time I was five, clearly didn't make it past like the first page of A's. Um, But I remember my mom had this like really small black book that was the dictionary. And she used it a lot because she, English was her second language. And so she was like always referring back to it. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to make a stance here. I'm going to know every single word. Um, But yeah, I mean, my mom and I read all the time. Um, she was constantly on the, she had this dream of reading every single Pulitzer Prize winner book out there. Um, Mm -hmm. and I had the dream of reading every Harry Potter book out there. So clearly (laughs) we both have the same level of goals. Um, but I mean, we were both really avid readers. My grandma was an avid reader too. So I, probably past the dictionary my first book that I remember is like um gosh the magic tree house is that right was that mm-hmm. one of them the series and Wait, it was the... also no yeah. I'm definitely mixing up two different things is it, it's magic school bus and then is it also magic tree house though it is as booksellers were like shit sorry I know same <laughs> same I this is such a bad I'm like uh <laughs> But you know that okay, wait, wait, like wait, series on. with the tree. No, it is. Yeah, yeah. Magic Tree House. It is called Magic Tree Magic Tree House. Yay. Okay, yeah. great. Magic Tree House was like that was my jam. And then, you know, I obviously clearly have this idea of like organizing some sort of book. So when I was in elementary school, I wanted to read all of the books in the library. Um <laughs> so clearly, clearly a total nerd here. And then did you, so reading started obviously early on, 
were you like a consistent reader throughout your life? Were there any points in time where you either like fell out with books or you guys took a little break or anything like that? Or have you consistently just read from the moment you could and fell in love with books and we're like we're we're tied together we're linked now (laughs) I it's been like a roller coaster of I'm like this Mm long-term relationship with books but when I was a kid I mean I read all the time I read like every single day my mom's like I've never seen you go anywhere without a book even even since I was a kid when I was in college and things just got so busy with studying engineering and I still read I think probably a couple books a year but it was very few and far between and I think that was the only time that I didn't indulge in books as I normally would I remember the second I graduated and I worked at my first full-time job like the first thing I did was like oh my gosh I have like so much opportunity to read and so much time to like read all the books I had on my list yeah and So was it early on that you knew, like, was it always just a dream in the back of your head that you wanted to either work at a library because you liked organizing the books or own a bookstore, work at a bookstore? Um, When did that idea sort of become, like, when did the, the seed, when was the seed planted? And then when did it become something that you thought could maybe potentially happen or you wanted to work to make happen? I think I've always secretly wanted to become a literary major, work in the book industry in some way, shape, or form, whether that be selling books or opening up my own store. But when I was younger, it was more an idea of like, oh, I'll open this when I retire. Um, (laughs) And of course, the path that I think made my mom really happy was was engineering like (laughs) I think you ask any Asian mother they're like okay how about like selling books or engineering and they're like I don't I don't know why you're engineering (laughs) yeah they're like why is this even brought up right now um but I especially in the pandemic I think when everyone's going through so much grief and going through so much loss together we come to the things that comfort us the most Um, whether that be nostalgic or um, just like warmth and connection. And I think that was always books for me. So I found a lot of space and care for myself in books, especially in the pandemic, um, experiencing grief myself as well. And I thought that like, well, you know what? Life is really short. Why not just work on opening up this bookstore now? So I kind of put together some bookshop plan on Google spreadsheets um, when I was <laughs> drunk off three glasses of wine and I was like I, You're think, like, I can do this I was like I can I literally I was googling like how do I open up a bookstore um, <laughs> clearly clearly not well as everyone was unwell <laughs> but yeah um, you know I, I started like slowly chipping away at it and um, yeah super excited that now it's it's really unbelievable that now it's I get to go into a store that I own yeah and I mean we could obviously talk about uh your spreadsheet and the logistics and uh and things like and all the boring stuff and all the boring stuff which I'm sure there are people out there who like would love to know because they want to also open a bookstore and have that dream but I I really was interested in what 
other kinds of like things you came across in this process of turning this into a reality, like the more internal, um, like what that process was like in terms of things you knew you wanted for this mm-hmm. store, especially to showcase immigrant stories and to like have a home for uh people that you wanted to represent specifically in the Asian American community. And like, if there were things you knew you were going to have to fight for, I'm sure it wasn't, I mean, it obviously wasn't easy to open yeah. a bookstore, <laughs> but, but specifically um, like things that were really important to you in doing this process and the, the reasons that you did it um, and the things you wanted to achieve and what you wanted it to be for the community you were going to be serving. Um, I'd yeah. love to hear like a little bit about that internal process for yourself. Yeah, I think, I mean, first off, there's a lot of self-doubt in this process. I think when you're starting your own business and you have no one else to rely on, um, other than your brain and your perseverance, um, and I guess you can rely on the resources of the community that supports you, which is like amazing. And I feel so grateful and mm-hmm. thankful that I have that. Um, it's just, it's really scary. And I, I struggle with anxiety. I struggle with depression. So I think with all those aspects of what was going on in my head and also pushing forward and continuing to pursue my dream and passion was a balance that I always had to figure out how to manage. Um, and I always will have to figure out how to manage. I think yeah, one thing that was really important to me to keep with the integrity of the bookstore was I didn't want it to just be Asian American stories. Um, I really wanted to showcase even the large range of immigrant stories that are out there and how much we can find connection with each other, especially as immigrants, especially as children of immigrants. Cause I think there's so much overlap there. And um, sometimes our communities can be really siloed. And I think that there's so much beauty in connection and community that can happen there. And did you, I'm sure that you did, but were there any like major roadblocks that you hit along the way um, that you really had to kind of either find your way around or move through? I mean, obviously whatever they were, you moved through them because you're here um, <laughs> yeah. and you have I, your, and you have your store, but um, I'd love to hear like just about, about some of the things that you either had to fight for some compromises you maybe had to make, um, with whoever, either yourself or, or other people in the process too. Yeah. I think roadblocks are going to continue to happen. Um, and that's, that's always going to be, that's, it's always a little bit of, yeah, yeah. (laughs) No, I mean, I think it's always going to be like a compromise of things that will come up and like things that, I'm not going to do perfectly. I'm never going to do anything perfectly. And that's like completely okay. And I think that that's like yeah. really exciting. Cause I think there's a lot of room to learn and grow, um, for myself and for what I want the space to be. I, one of the things is like, there's just so many things that Google doesn't tell you, like getting a lawyer to negotiate the lease. And I think the lease negotiation process, I know this is like the nitty gritty, boring stuff, but inside baseball. It, <laughs> oh my gosh. It was so hard. Like it took so long. There was so much back and forth. It took months of negotiating. And I'm the kind of person that like, when I negotiated my salary, I watched like 12 YouTube videos, just hyping myself up (laughs) to do it. Um, and I still was like, I don't think I'm doing this right. But so I think conflict 
And standing up for myself are things that I really learned to embrace and just learn to kind of know how to do. Um, Mm -hmm. And that was something that's like really just not, doesn't come super naturally to me, but that's something I had to push through to just get the things in the store open. Like I have to negotiate with vendors all the time. I have to make sure to stand firm on the budgets that I have. Um, And that stuff is like, you know, you can Google all the resources of like how to open up a bookstore, but those, those smaller logistical things that take months and so much money and resources are things that I just didn't realize. Yeah. And then I want to, so were you, were you ever a bookseller before you opened a store? I was not. You were not. That's so interesting. Yeah. No experience in publishing, no experience in bookselling just like from coming at it from a business perspective and a love of books. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's my love of books has always been there. I've always wanted to be a bookseller. Honestly, I was, I like applied for a couple bookselling jobs um, in addition to like my full-time job during the pandemic. Uh But I, I think that there was what I noticed with the books that I was aching for and hungry for was that there wasn't they were never easily found at a lot of the bookstores I went to. So that mm-hmm. was something that I really wanted to focus on and make sure that we showcase those stories and voices um, at the forefront of the business that I had in mind. So what do you, what do you think of bookselling now that you're a bookseller? Oh my gosh. <laughs> what, it, how it's does, so what is much. the reality versus expectations like meme that, <laughs> also just that like, you see now? First off, shout out to all the freaking booksellers out there. Like (laughs) y'all do the most. And it is like, you know, it's cash register, like, you know, book recommendations, customer service. And it's honestly four jobs in one, like restocking inventory, inventory management. So it's, there's so much in bookselling. And I think that booksellers are what drive the stories that are being shared at the bookstores that we go to. If you're just looking mm-hmm. at a bookstore itself, like it's essentially a books bookcase and a bookcase is not, does not come alive without a bookseller. Um, so I think that just major kudos to all the booksellers. Cause like, even <laughs> when you're tired and even when you're like, I just want to be a introvert and hide behind the counter and read this book. Like people are always going to ask you for what you recommend. And if there's something out there that's exciting and that is the best part of the job, but you also have to be on all the time. So I just have tremendous respect for all booksellers. It is, it is not an easy job. (laughs) Yeah. From one, from one, uh, depressed, anxious introvert to another, uh, it is definitely being on all the time is a, uh, is definitely a struggle but when you get to like hand sell a book to someone and it's a book you've been like dying to hand sell to someone yeah it is absolutely so rewarding do you remember the first time you got to like do that since opening the store even like the first person who came into the store like what was that like for you I really it brings me to tears so this is actually like a regular that I have at the store every single week. She's a neighbor. She lives upstairs. Her name is Stephanie. Hi, Stephanie. She listen to this. Um, but she came in, she like snuck in underneath the door and asked if I was open. Cause she's like, is this a bookstore? And I was like, sure is girlfriend. 
And <laughs> she came in like right as I set up my POS system, right as I shut up, set up the cash register and everything. And um, I was like, you know, like, feel free to take a look around. My, um, my partner was there and I think my mom was there too. And you're like, you're welcome to just like peruse the shelves. And she was like, do you have anything that you would recommend that just has beautiful prose? And I was like, oh, I've been waiting for this question my whole life. <laughs> um, and, you know, obviously like the first book I recommended was A Little Life, but I think that book comes with like a lot of caveats because it's a lot. It's a lot as a book. And if yes. you're not prepared for it mentally, like I don't want to recommend that to you. And the second one was A Place for Us by uh, Fatima Mirza. And that is mm-hmm. a book that I love and I think is super underrated. Um, and I recommended that to her and she's like, okay, I'll get it. And she comes back two weeks later after I opened, she's like, I love the book and it was amazing. And it shows this like struggle of this immigrant family staying here in the States. And I just, it feels so rewarding to be able to share that story with someone else. And they're like, I really liked it. Yeah. And do, have you had more, like, are you finding regulars? Like you have people you've set up sort of relationships and you're seeing that community form uh in the store yeah I think that that is really exciting for me and that's something I love because it's like a family you know to have someone you know come in and they just hang out and they chat about you throughout the day I'm like okay like tell me about the dates you went on last weekend or (laughs) you know just like what's been going on in your life um and I think just seeing these people like every other day has really really brought so much joy and light to my life. Well, and you, cause you have a, like you mentioned a bar and a cafe in the store as well. Was that always something that you wanted uh, to include, to have like a, to make it a place where people came and stayed? Like it wasn't just a, a shopping thing. It was a place for people to be and to interact with each other and have more space to do that. Yeah, that was always part of the plan. I think there is, a transient transaction doesn't foster mm-hmm. the amazing conversations and community that can be built from sit, just sitting down and having a yeah. drink with someone. Um, yeah. I always say this, I'm like, you can't speak and sip at the same time. So <laughs> sipping anything causes you to just take a step back and listen. And I think that for any person having a conversation with someone else, having that just time where you can pause and be really present is really important in, in creating that kind of, um, relationship and, and just sharing of stories. And now we're, we're gonna, we're really going to get into it. We're going to talk about books. Let's do it. Um, (laughs) what are you reading right now? Tell me. Oh my gosh. I'm reading this book called disorientation. Um, okay. and it comes out I on saw, Tuesday. I saw on uh, Twitter, you posted a picture with Elaine. Yes. Elaine is incredible. Um, also I didn't realize. So first of all, the cover, I know don't judge a book by its cover, but the cover is, but it's a beautiful cover. <laughs> phenomenal. It's beautiful. <laughs> and I didn't realize, but she had told me that the cover artist that's actually, um, she built that the cover artist built that it's not Photoshop. Oh my gosh. So she's like showing me photos of these like tiny vases being broken. And I'm just, I'm obsessed with it. Um, So I've been almost done with that before the book launch tomorrow. Cause then I want to just like recommend it to everyone that comes in on pub day. Um, I just finished reading um, what I seeing ghosts by Kat Chow. 
which is a mm-hmm. wonderful memoir. And then earlier I this year, that book. so good. It's so disjoint. It's so like good. it's not, it's not linear. And I think that that's a really good representation of grief because grief mm-hmm. is very nonlinear. Um, and then earlier this I year, I did this. What? Oh, sorry. Go I ahead. I was just going to say, I did this really like questionable thing for my mental health where I read that and crying in H Mart at the same time. Oh my gosh. Are you um, okay? <laughs> no, I'm not. Lucy. <laughs> I'm not well reading those two books separately. So like together, I'd be no, like, I know it was like, and I, I, I knew that they were both like about grief in like in their own way, but I, it was something that I like, didn't realize as I, cause I had a, um, a galley of seeing ghosts and then I was listening to the audiobook of crying in H Mart and they were both like so different and so beautiful and it was almost a I almost liked doing that like I Mm -hmm. told people that and um that I was doing both at the same time and it was very like beautiful and interesting Mm -hmm. to read both of those two different experiences of grief um both from Asian American women but uh one Korean and uh, Kat is Chinese. Yeah. I think she's ethnically yeah. Chinese. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the, the, um, like the rituals and like things that they both went through, um, in their process of grief was just so beautiful to see like laid out next to each other. Um, and so, yes, it was, it was awful for my, <laughs> my mental health and like <laughs> sitting in so much grief, like at one time, um, but like you were saying, like those, especially nonlinear stories of grief are so important, um, especially in a time where we're having, the world is kind of having a hard time acknowledging that we are grieving. Um, yeah. So those books are definitely hard to, to make your way through, but they're very important. Um, and I love that I one very that was- much such a beautiful way to say it because we live and I, you know, I worked for a corporation and there's no, there's not a great space for grief when you're like mm-hmm. working and you're in this, you know, economy in which like work is the most important thing. And so I've been in this grief cycle of reading. Like I, I read what my bones know. I read also welcome to the grief club, which is like a wonderful book about grief by Janine Quo, um, who, started her own greeting card company quotations first and then developed this book but I think Mm -hmm. that in each of the books that I read it was a very different way of handling grief but it also made me kind of come to terms with come going through grief myself and just like feeling less alone through that process because we're in a very unique time when everyone's grieving so much for the Mm -hmm. last couple of years all the time in which I think that there's at the beginning, I was like, there's a grief pool and this pool is like depleted of water and it's dry and there's like nowhere for us to turn. So, um, yeah. I'm, I'm with you. I'm sure it was really a lot and like just <laughs> devastado, like while you're reading it, but, yeah. but I still recommend them to people like all the time, <laughs> both yeah. of them, they don't need any recommendation because people are grabbing them anyway. But, um, people come in, like, I find that, I don't know if you've found this, but some people come in asking for like books about grief or just, uh, and I've seen a lot more of them on the shelf. People are writing more about it, which is good. I'm really, really happy to see that. Like, I think that grief can be 
both a universal and very personal thing to go through. So having a plethora of resources from all these different perspectives, I think is something that's incredibly important and needed in the space. Yeah, for sure. And then before we got on that, that, uh, tangent you were still telling me about little tangent about grief and life and all those things but you were telling me uh more of what you were reading what else oh my gosh um okay so I've also been into like light reads so I read Death by Dumpling by Vivian Chan um and it's Uh like a cozy mystery series and Uh it is it took me a day to read and I just I like ate it up like I think that I need to balance these really incredibly emotional um books with something that's like a quick read like a fall love story I really loved um just all of these wonder like seven days in June I really loved all of these amazing stories that just are quick and um bring a lot of joy in life do you read any kids books or do you like I I mean you will look through them obviously but do you have a um an affinity for any like YA or picture books or anything I wish I I obviously like look through kids books but I've yeah. noticed that as I'm like shift sifting through them sifting through these kids books that this is like a space in which so much wonderful representation is happening um I think like the space that is breaking having the most representation and diversity is the children's book space um mm-hmm. I don't regularly read picture books. I think I'm like, I I'm, have a little fear of children. I think they can smell fear on me because <laughs> they know I'm scared of them. Um, so sometimes reading children's books makes me, reminds me of that fear. But I like, as I'm reading through them, I'm like, oh my God, these kids today have just so many more resources than I ever had growing up. Well, so many more resources, but also it's like interesting to see what their uh their issues are or the issues that they're facing at least like mm-hmm. in these these books um I'm reading a middle grade novel right now uh Air by Monica Rowe which I'm really loving but I'm like that was not they're dealing with all these problems with cell phones and I'm like I didn't have one mm-hmm. this is not a they're like te- you have these passages in books now where uh people are they're just text conversations um in kids books <laughs> In like middle grade books or YA novels, yeah, like it'll be a, a, like a text conversation and it's played out that way. It's written out that way, Um, which is so funny, Um, Wow! but I love, I love talking to like, and it's funny because adults who probably didn't have uh, cell phones at that age are writing them. Oh, a hundred percent. That's so interesting. it's so interesting to see like how uh like kids books have evolved and I definitely agree that there's so much beautiful representation happening there um but there's also no way there are so many you think about the volume of like even good like literary fiction or Mm -hmm. um genre fiction or anything that's coming out I feel like for every novel that comes out there's 10 kids books (laughs) I it's so hard for me to keep up um and I think I always get scared when someone's like, what age do you think this is good for? And I was like, I <laughs> really do avoid eye contact with most children. I'm so sorry. I think the back says six to 12. Like I cannot confirm. Um, I, I know I have to, well, even with YA too, like there's, 
you, I have pe- a lot of people ask like, is this appropriate for this age? Uh, and I'm like, if you look at the back, technically, yes. Um, but also I feel like it can get, um, it's kind of hard to recommend kids books now because people are so particular about the way that either they're raising their kids or the, the things that they want to expose them to. Um, yeah. we did, yeah. uh, we did an event with, uh, Mariko Tamaki earlier this week, and she said something that I loved so much. Cause we were talking about YA and someone was like, what, what does YA even mean? Like who gets to decide what's appropriate for children? Like if they're writing for children and she said, if kids have experienced it, then it's appropriate for them. And I thought that that was really, yeah, I thought it was such an interesting, like, and, uh, a thing that gave kids a lot of agency. Um, cause a lot of my favorite thing is to see kids sitting on the floor in the kids section without their parents, just like picking up a book. Cause that's, that's something that they, like, it gives them the opportunity to choose those stories for themselves. And so I love that your store has like a, there's space to sit and space to like exist for people to pick up books. Cause a lot of times, like you said, that transactional nature of just like a, a store that offers goods, um, can like the exploration of stories can get lost in that. I completely agree with that. And I think that that was something that was really important to me. Like we have this reading room in the back where I'll notice a lot of parents sitting in the comfy chairs with their kids. And Mm -hmm. uh, one day like this, um, this parent kid combo was reading Not Quite Narwhal, which is a book that represents a lot of the non-binary experience. And I just, I was so excited to see that. Like, I think it was really emotional to watch, to see this connection of parent to kid and sharing a story in which representation was, was so important. And um, yeah, I think, I also think YA is a construct. Like, I think that I've noticed a lot of female written books are more labeled YA than not. And like, for example, the book Yoke was labeled as YA. And I was like, this is not a YA novel. (laughs) Don't even get me started on Mary H.K. Choi. I love her so much. So much. Emergency Contact is one of, I mean, all of her books are incredible, but Emergency Contact, I think is my favorite meet cute of all time. <laughs> oh my gosh. She, and she's so funny too. Like she's so darkly so funny. Not funny. Um, yeah. And like how, I mean, I read her books and I related so much to it. And why does that get labeled as like YA versus like literary fiction? Yeah. Because at, I mean, and at that age too, it's like those, so yeah, why they're not, they were, or for Yoke, they were just out of college or in, they weren't in, in college. college anymore. Yeah, I think it was in They were college. in college. Okay. So yeah, like in college and emergency contact was also like starting college that I feel like, again, it's like, where is that, that line? Cause I have like a niece who is 13 and she's watching Grey's Anatomy, mm-hmm. but I didn't feel like because she's 13, she shouldn't, 
I wasn't sure if she should read this book about people in college, but she's watching TV about adults. Right, right. And I feel like part of that is probably the, like you said, like who's deciding where these books get shelved because then like people trust that they're being shelved in the proper place mm -hmm. and they're going to follow that. Um, so yeah, there's definitely like, I think those are questions that people have always been asking, but are still continuing to ask, especially as a lot of these beautiful, beautiful labeled YA books, especially by women of color um, are being written and people are reading who are not kids. Like they're everybody, everybody is reading them. Adults, especially me very much included. <laughs> YA Damn. by women of color is my, like one of my favorite genres. <laughs> oh, so good. And there's like so much amazing stuff in there. And I think that sometimes when it's labeled as YA, like adults are like, oh, I don't know about this. And I was like, no, like this is, you'll feel so seen by this book. You like, will feel <laughs> incredible. Exactly. Exactly. It will do so much for you. And I like, I hope that there's so much like more of that, more curiosity, um, like in book selling as like time goes on and I'd love to hear what some of your like hopes for the future of the store, a few things. So of the store of book selling in general and like for booksellers, something that you're, so all of these things that you're, you're fairly new to and you've now been fully immersed in, what are your hopes for the future of your store? Like what are some things you'd love to see happen mm -hmm. and what are some of your hopes for the future of book selling and, and booksellers? I mean, I'm such a newsy, newbie to the book selling biz. <laughs> and I'm like, hey, like I'm like three months in, hello. Um, but I think that something that's always bothered me um, is like AAPI month. There's like one display shelf of six books written by Asian authors. And they're like, look, here's like our recommendations. And then, you know, the rest of the time, like, where do these books go? Um, why are mm -hmm. they not presented on the shelves? And I think when I first started, um, something that was commonly asked was like, do you have a section for like Asian authors or do you have a section for like Vietnamese experiences and spe specificities? And I'm like, there's no sections. It's all fiction and nonfiction. And I think mm -hmm. that that's something that is important about filling up the shelves that we have with more diversity and more diverse experiences instead of just having a highlight for one month and not really focusing on it for the rest of the year. Um, so I think in terms of book selling, I, I'm trying to do this a little bit more too. Obviously like me as a bookseller, I have my biases and my blind spots mm -hmm. of, I love the books that I love and it's not gonna be everyone's cup of tea. So I've been expanding my own reading, like fantasy and um, sci-fi is definitely not my genre, but I'm really trying to read more in that space because I think there's a lot of amazing stuff in that space so that when I can recommend a book to someone, I'm really making sure I'm diversifying the stack of books that they have as well. Um, so I think it starts with like, how do I diversify my own reading and how can I transfer that to someone else that's coming in looking for something new? Um, and for the future of the space, I, I wish I could like expand the space and make the walls a little bit bigger so I can add more mm -hmm. books. But yeah. in the meantime, I'm really working on 
more community events and how can I support a community of people that have really felt lonely um, during this time and how can they feel more seen? So working on some virtual events there, working on some mental health resources that they can find within the bookstore um, and books that come with that were either fiction or nonfiction in which you can feel a little bit less alone and a little bit more of a community feeling even when you're reading alone. And then one final question that is a build off of that. How can our listeners and all of the booksellers at Skylight continue to support you and me? Well, this was, this was so supportive to me just talking to you. This was so fun. <laughs> um, of course, like, you know, if anyone's ever in Chinatown, Manhattan, please stop by the store and say hi. Um, if there's any books that you like to see on the shelves, I'm of course happy to order them for you. We have a website with books that we choose out monthly as well. Um, but I think just like sharing your own story with the people there coming there and sharing your story with me is, is all very healing and supportive for me. Well, we are so happy to hear it. This was, uh, an episode of our handheld podcast that I, immediately wanted to do as soon as we saw like whatever I, I don't know if it was when you opened or like there was like that week or something there was an article and it kind of just like exploded on Twitter um that was like you and me opens in Chinatown and everybody was just like so excited I remember like I retweeted it and then everyone was asking like how they could support if you had a website like where they could buy books and all these things and it just really filled me up with so much joy and I am so excited that you and me exist and that you get to serve your community and create a space for people to sit and listen and then speak (laughs) Um, thank you it's honestly like thank you so much for just saying all that it means it means so much to me yeah people people who love books have a a kindred spirit connection there's a like something so pure about that love of stories and, um, and booksellers, no matter how long they've been bookselling, uh, like bookselling is bookselling and you, and you get to see how it works. And I hope that you have been enjoying it. I'm sure that you have, and that you like, I'd love to continue to hear more about like more things you learn about it. Cause that's the other thing too, is like we booksellers like talk to each other, which is why we love doing this part of our podcast it's literally my favorite job I've ever had in my life and I've had <laughs> more, so more than engineering jobs. oh my gosh <laughs> I don't I don't shocking. want to shit on the engineering community <laughs> oh my god sorry sorry to my former engineering community um <laughs> I honestly like engineering was never for me I did it you know and yeah like but book selling, like, oh my God, what a freaking awesome job. Like you just get to read <laughs> books. You get to talk to people about it. You get to just like one day, um, I hired one of my really close friends, Jason, who now works at the store and we've been having survivor nights on Wednesdays. So mm-hmm. last Wednesday, um, he's, we watched the episode of survivor live. He made some dumplings and I was just in his living room lying on the ground with him stomach full of dumplings and we just talked about (laughs) all these books and analyzed them for like three hours and I was like this is like my childhood dream this is it 
This is it right this here. This is what I've been working for. And you thought you were going to have to wait until you retired to do it. I know. Thank God. I was like 40 years early, but um, I'm really, <laughs> I'm really happy about that. I'm honestly like life is so short and I'm just like, I get to eventually think about whenever I retire and be like, you know, I did the thing that I've always wanted to do at like 27. So I'm really excited about that. That's so amazing. And we at Skylight are so happy that it is a space that people can visit when they're in New York. And next time I am in New York, you will definitely see me there. Um, If you are ever in LA, we hope to see you at Skylight. And for all of our listeners, please, please, please go visit You and Me Books in Chinatown, Manhattan, New York. If you are not in New York, you can always shop online and visit them on their website. And I hope to talk to you again very soon, Lucy. <laughs> I hope to talk to you again soon. I will be honestly, seriously, email me anytime if you have any good books. Absolutely. <laughs> we'll chat. Oh, yes. we'll chat. We, we, will, we will have bookseller chat. We will continue this conversation, uh, not to bore all our listeners with our inside baseball talk. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. We will, I will ask um, one, I keep saying one more question, but I will ask one more because we, as booksellers get um, all the perks. So do you want to tell our listeners some books that you're looking forward to this year? um that oh you really that you've read and like you're ready for oh there's so many um it's hard to choose just one well I'm really excited for John Cho's book coming out mm-hmm. um Troublemaker I'm just like he's actually coming to the shop on Tuesday and first of all I'm like so freaking excited because I'm a huge fan and I have to act like I'm a normal person which will be really really so nerve-wracking and fun um so I'm really excited for his book I am super excited for um gosh there's so many good books out um Four Treasures of the Sky um by Jenny Uh Zhang and now that I'm on the spot, I'm like, I had a list of books I was working on this morning. I can't think of any of them, but there's just so many good books out this year. And I know. like, yeah. there's just, there's endless, endless, like excitement on my end just to see all the books coming out. Like I literally sip wine every day and I'm like, what else is coming out? So hope that answers so your question to... with like, top it of absolutely my mind. does. <laughs> yes. There's, there's things for everyone to look forward to. And, uh, And we can't wait to watch you and me continue to grow and become a big, overwhelming space. I hope you get to expand your walls sometime soon in the future. Well, the sky light is the limit. I'm so sorry. That was such a (laughs) Oh my God. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for that. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for having me. I hope I end on a terrible pun because that's how I always liked Irish exit. So no, that was the beautiful, the most beautiful Irish exit. Um, And thank you so much to all of our listeners. Again, uh, my guest today was Lucy Yu, owner of You and Me Books and Uh, We hope that you visit both of us in New York and LA, wherever you are at, either in person or virtually. And thanks for listening. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Skylight Books podcast series. Please don't forget to visit our website at skylightbooks.com and make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Also, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast for more author talks and bookseller conversations. You can find us on Podbean, iTunes, and Spotify. Stay safe and healthy, and we hope to see you back in our store soon.